You're listening to the Stream Grace Network. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Inside the Man Box. I am Rick Fry. And we are brought to you by Oneness Ministries, grace-based, hope-filled, spirit-led counseling, teaching, training, and life coaching. To learn more about us, go to our website at oneness-ministries.org. Also, Marshall Fence, the premier residential and commercial fence company in the Oklahoma City metro area. Contact them at 405-691-1191 or visit their website, marshallfence.com. Gosh, guys, I'm really excited to have a guy that I feel like I've known him forever, but I've only met him once. J.D. Zomer <laughs> from Zomer. Zomer, right? Yeah, yeah, we're so close. I can't remember how to pronounce his name. <laughs> <laughs> and you live in Dallas, Texas, right? Correct. Yeah. And your day job is a teacher. Well, it's a lot of things, but that is uh, one of the things that keeps the lights on for me. Yeah. <laughs> well, tell us what <laughs> else you do, JD. Um, I'm uh, the uh, president of Religion Free Ministry. Uh, we do. A bunch of different things um, in the community here. Uh, we do meals outreach. We do a lot of jail prison ministry, wow. um, and we also um, do podcast production as well. We do uh, music production, and uh, we are also getting ready to launch religion free clothing on August third. Officially, officially, um, we are also. Um, getting ready, me and my wife, uh, moving into a new house that we're building. So wow. I'm su- super busy right now. I just had to uh, drop off my three-year-old so I could talk to you here with my mom. So we're good. <laughs> that is good. You know, having a house built and then selling the house you're in now and then moving all the stuff, that is such a big job. We did it. it we did it two years ago. And our house sold, the one we were living in, sold in two days. Yeah. And, so, and our and our house wasn't going to be finished. That was in, in July, and I think it was in August, and we couldn't move into our new house in August. So we are till October. So we had to find a place to live, <laughs> which was kind of a nice problem to have. There you so, go. But the point is, it's a lot of work. And mm-hmm. I don't know about your wife, but my wife just does most of the work anyway. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah mine's pretty awesome too. Uh, yep. So, one of the things you said was jail ministry. Tell tell us about mm-hmm. jail ministry. I don't. Yeah. Know how that works. So, yeah. So we got hooked up with a couple county jails here. Um, we started religion free ministry back in 2017. So we've uh, we've been in jails, county jails here, um, and uh, federal prison uh, just south of Dallas, going on three and a half years now. Um, wow. During during COVID, obviously we were, were very restricted from doing that, but we're now getting back in there and uh, just able to um, go in there either once or twice per week. They have religious quote unquote services. And uh, we just go in there and share the gospel, man. And, uh, and it's, it's so, it, it's my favorite place to speak at. I'm not going to lie. I, I love sharing, you know, at churches and uh, conferences, all that jazz. But, man, what a captive audience. I was going to say, have. these guys are captive. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, like they're, they're literally, uh, you know, a lot of them are headed to prison. They know they are. Um, some of them, um, may be, you know, just in the County jail for, you know, three, six months, may be there for a short period of time, but doing a lot of thinking, you know, and a lot of, uh, evaluation of their lives and soul searching. How did I get here? And it's just a great opportunity to be able to share the gospel, share my story. Some of the other people that, uh, work with us, be able to share their story, and really just pour into them how much they're loved, uh, how their past can be completely made new with their new identity in Christ if they choose to believe. That's all it is. You know, so it's so rewarding to be able to do that. See amazing life change. I mean, we've had a couple people um, that have kind of uh, helped us out uh, after they've gotten out of jail uh, with our ministry, setting up equipment, doing different things for us that are kind of like our success stories of people that have uh, come out and uh, we've helped some people get some jobs and stuff as well. So. I was just sitting here thinking, and I wrote this down, how many of us are just one bad choice away from being in that situation? <laughs> yeah. Gosh. Yeah. It's, uh, Gosh, some of us just don't get caught. You yeah, know? some I mean, of that's just right. the deal. Mm-hmm. It is. Um, are, do you find that these guys are mostly receptive, or that, or some of them are just, I don't know, if you're ever too far gone to to be reached yeah, by well, Christ? Yeah. The the thing about it is, is uh, we actually meet in a separate area um, than the actual tanks where they are housed in, so uh-huh. they have to make a choice to come. It's totally voluntary. Um, you know, you can always see the look on the face of those who are, um, you know, probably very used to hearing a, a religious type message where it's, you know, work, work harder and, yeah. you know, pray more. Um, let's, yeah, let's pray more and man, let's, let's, uh, let's, let's, uh, confess every sin we've done the last two years and then we'll be right with God. And, you know, and we go in there and we really just share the gospel. Many of them, you can just see the look on their face. They're like, this, is this? what, what is it? Like they've never heard it before. <laughs> right. And it's almost, as you know, when you hear the gospel for the first time, it's almost like too good to be true. You're like, what is, is there a catch here? And just seeing that light bulb go on and, uh, you know, be able to experience along with them, the, uh, chains breaking in their life, you know, and just seeing them ha- have freedom <laughs> for the first time. is so rewarding, man. And, and that's why, uh, we love doing that. We just really feel um, a great passion for people that are incarcerated because, let's be honest, I mean, our society just completely uh, <laughs> forgets about them. Yes. There's still people, um, there are literally uh, millions of incarcerated people in this country that no one thinks about. And guess what? They are believers. Goodness. Yeah. Yeah. You'd never think about it, but. There's a whole bunch of them out there. <laughs> you know, I belonged to a church some time ago, and and I'm guilty of what I'm getting ready to accuse them of, so I'm not just saying they were <laughs> like this, but we are afraid of dirty people. Right. Um, I was scared to death of people mm-hmm. in jail or people who are sick or people who are homeless because I didn't yeah. want to get dirty. Yeah. And how many churches are filled with people like that? Yeah. I and, mean, and so, it's, I, so it's easy to ignore them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I mean, it's, 
it's really, you know, it, it kind of goes back to, you know, just looking at the, uh, you know, <laughs> experience Jesus had on earth and the people he hung out with and how he got so much criticism for it. But ultimately, why was he going to talk to those people? Because they had problems. They knew they had problems. They could admit they had problems. Yep. And they were so in need of a savior that he had so much on his schedule. You know, he, he had the calendar back in the day that no one else had. And he knew he, he had very little time everywhere he went. But he, he spent a lot of time with people. He, knew, he already knew they would be receptive. He already knew their situation. Right. And, and, and what we do, man, you, you go in with these just completely broken people. And, you know, there's completely broken people in, you know, multi-million dollar neighborhoods. They're just hiding it with money and medication and everything else. I, I just enjoy spending a lot of time with people that are really open and receptive to the gospel because, they can admit they have a problem. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna make a comment. You're in Dallas, Texas. Yeah. But your voice doesn't sound like you're from Dallas. I am from uh Michigan. Oh. So that is probably <laughs> yeah, you're picking up a little Midwestern thing there. Yeah, I am, because it sure doesn't sound Texan. <laughs> <laughs> I was involved with um with a drug recovery place and I'm not yeah. gonna, I'm not gonna name it. But mm -hmm. one of the problems I had with this was what you were talking about earlier is that guys coming in and say, okay, you have this problem and here's the formula. Read more right. scripture, spend more time in your quiet time and praying, and here's the list of things that you have to do to mm -hmm. um, solve this problem you're in. And right. J.D., it rarely worked. Yeah, yeah. Um, Religion has a terrible track record of being able to actually uh, change someone permanently. It's zero percent, believe it or not. Yeah. Um, as you know, the only the only thing that is ever going to change someone's behavior is changing their beliefs and getting them to understand how loved they are. I mean, so many people um, that are in terrible situations, incarcerated, made major mistakes in their life. Um, Man, they, if you could hear some of these people's story, man, I mean, you know, sexually abused, physically ab abused since, you know, age of five or whatever. I mean, and we just discard them as a society and we say, oh, you know, we're, we're done with you. And, and there's absolutely nothing um, put in place for them as far as um, spiritual rehabilitation. A lot of people have uh, what I would call a twofold problem. Um, when it comes to addiction, yes, they're addicted to the uh, drug, okay? That's scientifically proven that their body is addicted to it. But the reason why they started using in the first place, if you talk to people and you've done it before, they were doing it to mask pain or, or some type of uh, situation that they were going through or struggling with, or yes. maybe they have a depression issue that needed to be medicated and they just started self-medicating. Yes. And so many issues in addiction have very little to do with actually, they're just an addictive type personality. They just absolutely need the love of Jesus in their life that can eventually get them out of that cycle of addiction. Absolutely. And Tell us, is this, um, let's see, I'm trying to form this question. Religious free ministry, 
is um, the religion you're describing what you're freeing people from in your ministry? Is that a question? Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's religion free ministry. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, we go in and, uh, you know, we, we present the gospel to people and, and we're not so much 100% geared towards just trying to break down religion. We're more so just coming in, sharing the gospel um, with people. We'd love to do that. And, and most people who've been in a religious environment, as you know, they've never actually heard the gospel. They've heard maybe part of it, but then it gets kind of uh, destroyed by the do more, try harder or the fear, you know, the turn or burn stuff. And it's just, you know, pe- people don't change uh, from fear because that's not from God. And, and when we try and manipulate people, um, all, we, all we end up getting are, are people that are looking to uh, do something or get something and it's not a relationship and, and it's really not the gospel that's being shared. So we're really passionate about just sharing a simple gospel that you're loved. Uh, if you believe in Jesus, he will completely uh, transform you. He'll give you a new heart, a new spirit. He'll give you a new identity. He'll give you a new path. And for so many people in that situation, in addiction, incarcerated out on the street where we do uh, meals, on a weekly basis, so many of them just really need a new past. Yes. And when you can get someone to understand that when they receive the life of Christ, they get his past. That is an awesome past. Yes. That is completely spotless and Amen. perfect. Amen. And you can begin to heal and, and move on from the past that you are so burdened by. He can free you from that. You and I hear, um, because we're involved with uh, Network 220 and mm-hmm. and um, all these guys, we hear new heart, new spirit all the time. Talk about what that might mean to listeners who haven't heard much about that. Yeah. So um, the actual scripture reference would go to Ezekiel thirty six twenty six, and it was prophesied towards the new covenant, which was coming um in the future. And we are lucky enough as believers today, goodness, all these people that we have idolized in the Bible, great people now, we're going to see them someday. I can't wait to see some of them. But man, we've built some of these folks up to be almost superhuman. And they had no indwelling Holy Spirit in them. Now the Holy Spirit came and left back in the Old Testament, Old Covenant, but man, we have an amazing deal as new covenant believers where when we receive the life of Christ, we get a new heart and a new spirit. Why? Why do we need that? He can't live in a place that's dirty and broken and nasty. So if you think of your college apartment back in the day, that's <laughs> what your that's what you look like on the inside. <laughs> before he gives you that new heart and that new spirit. He comes in, he kicks the door in, he throws everything out, and he he completely repaints all the walls, makes it like a million-dollar place, because that's the only place he can live. He is perfection. He is holy. He is righteousness. So he has to be in a place that's perfect, and that's why he gives you that new heart and that new spirit. When you receive that, you become a completely new person spiritually. And that's the amazing part about the, uh, the swap that he does with us on a, on a spiritual DNA level. 
that can totally transform our life when we begin to understand our new identity. What you just described was the difference between religious and relationship. Religion yeah. would tell us that we're the ones responsible for cleaning up that apartment. Yeah, Rel- get your broom out. Yeah, and relationship <laughs> is telling us that Christ cleans it up. Yeah. And, and that we get to inhabit what he has cleaned up and inhabits as well. That's a great illustration. Yeah. That brings me to the next question. You mentioned New Covenant and Old Covenant. Um, in your mind, what's the difference between those two? Well, the Old Covenant, um, a lot of people, you know, they talk about the Old Covenant almost in a, a negatious way. And the problem with the Old Covenant wasn't the covenant itself or the law. It was with the people. And uh, they were not performing as they promised that they would. Um, and so there had to be a new covenant that came to replace it, a better covenant, as Hebrews talks about. And the reason for that is because we are really bad as people at keeping promises, right? <laughs> I mean, how many times in the old covenant, as you read through that, oh, God, we're going to do this, we're going to do this. And I mean, I've done it in my own life. And sure, so have I. Listening to this probably have. I mean, I can't tell you how many times as a teenager I rededicated my life. I yep. mean, that's just an absolute joke, man. You know, and it's like rededicating my life. I had no life. He gave me his life. And so you understand simple stuff like that. You don't even know what the heck you're talking about. I sure didn't. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, the difference, you know, like I said, between the, the old and the new is, man, this is a promise between God and himself because he saw we are not good at keeping promises. And so he made this thing rock solid, completely unbreakable, completely unstoppable. And it's all set up for our success because we can't screw it up. Nope. That's the cool part about it. <laughs> as if, if it could be, I would have done it. I've tried. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I love this. I love that. How many times have we rededicated our life when actually what we're doing is rededicating our death? Yeah. Because yeah. there we're, is no, we're, we're there, still in the grave when we have that mindset. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep, rededicating. I never put that together before till just now. Yeah. Um, so religious, religion-free clothing. Tell us about that. Yeah. That sounds exciting. Yeah. So it's kind of a, a, a vision I've had for a couple of years. I've not had the time to really uh, make it happen. We've been kind of in negotiations for the last year on designs, on platforms, on this, that, and the third. And we finally got it coming into position to launch August 3rd, 2021. And uh, if you're listening to this at some later date, please check it out, religionfreeclothing.com. What we're trying to do is create a different avenue for people who want to wear really cool, high-quality clothing. Okay, this isn't going to be the scratchy, nasty stuff that, you know, you (laughs) buy down out of somebody's trunk on the corner. This is going to be high-quality stuff. But it's going to be Grace New Covenant themed messaging. And what I mean by that is it's going to be a lot of stuff that if you believe in Jesus, you'll recognize. But it's also designed to create conversations as well. So it's not like Jesus loves me or something. It's more like when someone looks at it, they're going to be like, what? Um, I don't know if I understand that. And 
someone may come up and ask you or it may start a conversation guess what you may have an opportunity to just share how awesome jesus is and let the chips fall where they may that's what i like to say but um man it's it's such an exciting thing that we have going um the company itself just to give you a quick synopsis is every single item every item that's purchased we are going to match it with a similar item that we give to those in need so as we're out in the streets of dallas if you buy 700 shirts from us we are going to hand out 700 shirts really to people out in the community yes sir and uh, also, <laughs> believe it or not, I've, I've started seven different businesses, so I've always dreamed of doing something like this that's really going to not just make money, but redistribute the money to people who need it. And what, what we're also doing is we're partnering with uh, ministries and nonprofits who will help us promote this, who will um, really help us market with their platforms the product and making them monthly partners where literally our monthly net profit for that month, we're going to give them a percentage of that for their own ministry. So how good a deal is that? That's win-win. Yeah, there you go. Um, so who designs, who does, who does the design work and the artwork for these, for this clothes? Well, I've got about seven different people so far that have designed for us. Um, we just hired some interns to start handling the social media stuff because I am just a complete uh, sloth when it comes to understanding <laughs> any type of social media. So I learned more in the interviews uh, last week and this week than I knew the entire lifetime I've had so far about social media. So. And yet you have this incredible presence on Facebook. Yeah, I mean, it's just uh, it's something that. that, yeah, I, we, I started a Facebook group, um, let's see, uh, October 2019, so what is that, about a year and a half ago? Yeah. Um, just, man, I I was just, you know, having a talk with, with Dad one day. I, when I say Dad, I'm talking about God, that's how I refer to him, but I was just talking to him one day, and he was just kind of talking to me about this Facebook group thing. And I'm like, what the heck, man, I don't really do Facebook, whatever. He's like, no, I got this. It's going to be cool. So I start this, <laughs> I start this group called, uh, religion free fellowship and, uh, has over 7,000 people in it now, man, never would have imagined to have over 50 awesome admins who share encouragement and edification on there every day of, uh, of all genders, of all ages and really reflect the body of Christ. Um, no patriarchy, none of that jazz. I mean, we just love to share freedom and Jesus. So, my, my wife loves it. She just loves it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, I love her sharing. On yeah, that, she, uh, and that's how you and I met. It's because of, yeah. of what she does on the, at the Facebook page. Um, yeah. uh, I had a question and I lost it. What's my question? Where is it? Where is it? Feed the people on the street. I kind of want to go, circle back around to that how do you yeah. guys pull that off how do you provide food for people once a week on the street <laughs> yeah i've got a, a a friend of mine who i met about three years ago his name's robert and uh i actually met him believe it or not through a craigslist ad that i had posted <laughs> and uh i'm very famous for craigslist i've got another story about that if you want to hear it too I but, do. um yeah. Uh, so I, 
had a, a ad posted on there because we were looking at starting up kind of a, a, a very loosely organized uh, get together in the in the Dallas area for um, believers. Um, and he, you know, had reached out to me and said, "Hey, man, meet me for breakfast, whatever." So I go meet him. Long story short, he is out in the streets as tons of connections with people all over the city um, who are uh, out on the streets, man. And he was literally doing this stuff all by himself. And I said, Rob, I'm telling you right now, whether, whether or not I'm ever out here with you, dude, I'm going to help you because I, I love what you're doing. And I'm, I'm really passionate about helping the discarded people out here, man, because it's just kind of like my thing. I, I enjoy it. Like I, 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 if I could say this, like just to explain Robert and myself, like I have like lots of friends and stuff on Facebook, but like all my friends really aren't even on social media, believe it or not. <laughs> so they're like in jail. They're like out on the street and, you know, at, at the car wash, at the liquor store, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so, um, they, you know, I like, I, I really enjoy that. I love the, uh, the interaction, but so that's how I got hooked up, um, with kind of the street, um, level of the homeless folk out there. Um, the people coming out of incarceration, many of them have nowhere to go. Um, and so basically what we've tried to do is partner with the, uh, different shelters in downtown Dallas, um, really start to steer some of these people towards, uh, some of those places we've taken numerous people to uh, drug rehabs um, that we recommend um, and and really uh, try and pour into these folks' lives. Many of them are not receptive. You've got to build a relationship. Right. They don't care what the, what the heck you have to say until they know that you care. Yep. So, man, we go there time after time. And now when I say this, this is not JD. There's other people in our ministry that do this <laughs> over and over again. I, I show up like once a month. So um, they they are just tirelessly out here and love doing it. It's not something that they're feeling uh, obligated to do. They're doing it because they love doing it. And uh, they cook the food. Uh, we, you know, we put together uh, styrofoam cups of uh, different meals, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, uh, a soup, uh, beans. Uh, sometimes we do uh, some pasta or whatever, and we just pull up in parking lots where, they know we're going to be at a certain time and man, they're just, uh, lined up out there and we pull up, pop the trunk and start handing stuff to people. And it's like a little mini church out there, man. You, you, you might need to come check it out sometime. We just start praying with people. Love I mean, we've had crazy, crazy, uh, stories happen there. I'm, I'm not going to get into all those, but I've seen some wild stuff that I never thought I'd see in my life. But man, when, when, you, you get in those situations and, and you're completely surrounded, outnumbered, all of that. And his power just manifests and he just does amazing things wow. uh, through people who he lives in. And I've seen it happen and I've seen people healed physically. I've seen uh, someone who I believe to be demon possessed, a demon leave them. I've seen lots of crazy things, man. And lots of people that have never left a church building probably would never know that. No, so. no. Um, we're going to take a short break, and then I want to hear about the Craigslist story. Yeah. Okay, we'll be right back.
In a not-so-stable world, it is crucial to amplify the right message. At the Stream Grace Network, our goal is to do just that. We are adding to our stable of podcasters every month, and we are growing. This is where you come in. We want to share in that growth. If you are a small business owner looking to grow your business, we'd love it if you'd consider allowing one of our podcasters to endorse you, your products, or services. The best part is that endorsement will never stop running in any episode it is a part of, ever. This is a unique and rare benefit in digital advertising. We want everything we do to be uplifting and to encourage positive growth. And we'd love to partner with you. For more information, visit us online at StreamGrace.com or email us at support at StreamGrace.com. God bless. And we are back. And today we have J.D. Zalmer from Dallas, Texas. And he's going to tell us about a Craigslist story that that uh, caused him to get involved in feeding people. Yeah. Well, shoot, man. I, I was getting ready to dial the number from the advertisement. <laughs> that sounds like a pretty good gig. It is awesome. That guy's name is, um, uh, that guy's name is Jeremy uh, Griffin. And he is the okay. genius behind all of this electronic stuff. This guy's amazing. Yeah. So anyway, go uh-huh. ahead. Yeah. Um, so yeah, my, my multiple Craigslist stories, I, I just thought of one a minute ago and I had to hold on to it cause I have a terrible memory. So I have a podcast myself. Um, it's called Jesus unfiltered podcast. And another one of those deals that, you know, he just kind of whispered in my ear one day to, Hey, why don't you think about starting a podcast? And you know, my typical wanting to, you know, question God about, you know, just <laughs> like what, like, uh-huh. you know, I mean, you know, kind of doing the, uh, you know, the, the Moses, uh, stuttering thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. So <laughs> I, I just, uh, you know, I, I have all the excuses and he's just like, nah, I got this. So I start a <laughs> podcast. I have zero idea what I'm doing. Not that I do now, but I mean, at that time I literally was advertising on Craigslist for someone mobile to come record because I didn't have any idea what I was doing. <laughs> so I, I had about two or three people fall through, you know, you think it's just happenstance. And I end up having this guy um, come over to my house, sitting at my dinner table. And at the time when we first started the podcast, my friend and former uh, podcast partner, Aaron, was there, right? And we're just sitting there going back and forth. He's recording us. We're talking about the gospel, just sharing some of our experiences and and he interrupts us and says, Hey guys, I'm going to stop recording for a minute. I can edit this out and yada, yada. And he says, whatever you guys are talking about, I need that. And we're just sitting there like, "What? okay. Yeah. So, I mean, like at that moment in time, this is when, this is when God just like totally sits back and is just like in his lazy boy, just smiling and laughing <laughs> because I'm like, Oh, this is what this was for. So this guy who randomly finds the ad on Craigslist shows up to record us, ends up receiving the life of Christ at my dinner table as he's recording us, and his life is forever changed. He grew up as a Jehovah's Witness, had never heard the gospel. All he ever heard was a bunch of doctrine of lies, Mm -hmm. and uh, he heard it for the first time, and Jesus dramatically changed his life, his marriage, his parenting, everything. Wow. 
No, wait. God has a lazy boy? I think so. I mean, it's got to be like a really cool one. I mean, like with like the cup holders. And oh, the, yeah. The vibrator. And everything. <laughs> That's an awesome story. So this guy came to help you record and then ended up accepting Christ. Yeah, yeah, and and you know that's that's the one of those things where you know uh, uh, it's he's not giving you something that's outside your comfort zone. He's just asking you, hey, you want to do this? And you know how many times I've said no, and it, and it's not a big deal. There's no condemnation there. Right. You find somebody else to do it. <laughs> yeah. But you know when you follow through on things, sometimes that you know he's kind of been persistently kind of drop it in your ear um, and you, you, you follow through on it just in complete blind faith, man. And it's faith that comes from him inside you. And it's just so rewarding to be able to just see him change someone's life because you were kind of dumb enough to just say, yes, I don't know. You know, I was like, well, <laughs> what am I going to do with a podcast? I don't even know what this is. Yeah. Well, and and I'm sitting here behind a microphone uh, a year ago. Yeah. There is no way. There's no way yeah. I would do this. There you go, man. And I got involved in it and I love it and I'm yeah. I'm constantly growing and we're getting ready to change. We're going to do video work. Yeah. Video podcast and it's just yeah. because I was dumb enough to say, "Okay, let's do it." Yeah, and little did you know he just had all this set up ahead oh, of time. Man. And, uh, no food. It's kind of cool like that, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so you uh, you teach in public school? I do. Yeah, um, yeah. I teach in uh, Dallas inner city. Um, been doing it for about uh, nineteen years. Not all in Dallas. Some in Houston, um, and also Irving, uh, Texas. Wow. And mm -hmm. how do you? How do you how do you live this message in that environment? Or obviously, you can't speak too much about it. So yeah, yeah, I don't speak at all about it. Um, quite honestly, um, that's uh, not something um, that I mix is is my job with actually sharing the gospel or talking about Jesus. What I do is I, I just roll in there every day with Jesus living in me. So he expresses his love uh, towards the kids that I interact with, my coworkers on a daily basis, in in the way he does through my own personality. Um, and man, I, I've seen some amazing things happen uh, with kids. I've had tremendous success as a teacher. I'm uh, recognized by TEA as an exemplary teacher. Um, I, I've I've had all kind of amazing accolades and all this stuff but it's it's really both me and him living this together and him really giving me the passion to uh, really affect kids lives um, encouraging them um, making sure that they understand who they are they may not have a dad at home they may not have someone who loves them at home but they do have someone who loves them and they are uh, 100 percent uh having a father and, and just being able to share just love with them and not mentioning the name of Jesus with them, but just demonstrating what love is. I mean, I, I can't tell you uh, when I was coaching basketball, how many meals I, I bought and uh, how many this and that. I mean, just, but it, but it's all demonstrating how much they're loved by 
Jesus. And when they begin to see that, sometimes opportunities come up outside of the workplace to be able to interact uh, with coworkers or later on, maybe when you run into one of those kids after they've graduated and so forth and being able to, uh, you know, build on that relationship that you established uh, that was just based purely on, you know, I love you and I want you to be successful. I believe in you and here's how I can help you get to where you want to go in life. Wow. Wow. You know, you've just described to us a jail ministry um, uh, feeding the homeless, um, providing, uh, working on religion, religion-free clothing line and teaching. And all of those things require a love that most of us just don't have in us. I mean, I would love to be a teacher if it wasn't for kids. <laughs> um, I'm just, imp- I, I'm, my career before I got into the ministry was art and I was um, a a landscape painter and I, I did it for 25 years and I Mm -hmm. loved what I did. But when it came to teaching because of my intensity, I would suck all the fun out of doing (laughs) a painting for other people because I just am such a perfectionist that I, I, I decided at one point I cannot teach this because I'm, I'm making these people mad because of my intensity. And so to do what you do requires, gosh, to being called to uh, and having a love supplied that a lot of us just don't have. Would you agree with that? I mean, I, I partly yes, partly no. I think we all have that love inside us because God is love, right? right he lives right. inside of us. It's all a matter of, and, and this is just, something I've learned over time because man, I'll be honest with you. I, I accepted or I received the love of, of Jesus and his life at a very early age, but I, I had no idea who I was or what that meant. Right. And, and so I lived a majority of my life over 25 years of my life, completely uh, devoid of understanding my identity, but also who lived in me and whose I was. And so when I didn't understand that, man, I, I'll be honest with you, and I've told people this before publicly, I'm not afraid to say it. I don't hide. I don't wear a mask. I didn't like people, period, because I didn't, <laughs> yeah. I didn't understand how much I was loved, so I couldn't love anyone else. It was Everything was manufactured, and so many people out there, until they understand how much they're loved, they, it's just all a, a, a process of trying to manufacture some feelings of love but it's not coming from the source of love, which right. is him in us. So when I began to understand that, I began to see people differently. I began to see them the way he sees them. And there, and, and therein lies the change in my life where, man, before I was a coach, I was a basketball coach on a very high level. I was a teacher at a very terrible level, um, completely disproportionate. He changed all of that. I became and a really, really good teacher and uh, actually gave up coaching basketball because I wanted to be able to devote my time to some other things that he was leading me towards. And, uh, man, I, I just love uh, loving on um, students, man, and, and so many of them come from very difficult situations at home. I mean, uh, you know, you've got to be very cognizant dealing with uh, young people these days in the environment that I'm in. 
you know, you, they may come in and put their head down and, and, you know, be asleep or something. And, you know, 25 years ago, you'd go over there and charge that kid up. But now, man, I go over there with compassion and love because, you know, how many times I've found out that 14-year-old is watching his three brothers and sisters at home because mom's out at the club till three in the morning. You know what I mean? So yes. you got to really make sure that you have built a relationship with kids first and you are able to talk to them about what's going on in their life before you have any kind of uh, disciplinary interaction with them. So wow. that that's just love, man, being able to communicate with people that way. And, it, and it's just him, you know, expressing himself through me and my personality. So that's how I do it, man. It's not like a magic trick, you know? <laughs> well, uh, yeah, magic doesn't play much into this. Um, <laughs> basketball. Did you grow yeah. up as an athlete? Was that yeah. something you were involved? How did you get into coaching? Yeah, I did. This is one of my favorite ways that I love sharing the identity message. Is uh, I actually grew up <clears throat> as a pretty good athlete. Um, you know, I, I uh, was was really skilled at baseball as a pitcher. Played basketball. Uh, played golf as a junior in high school. I was um, all district in golf. Senior and High school, all district in basketball. Um, I was a good baseball player. Played some college basketball at Taylor University in Indiana. I rode the bench a lot, right? But I, I was on the team. I did a lot of towel waving. So um, <laughs> that requires yeah, effort like, and talent. Yeah, yeah. I was the guy, you know, that kind of like, you know, um, was over there cheering for everybody, and you know, I, everybody saw me, but I didn't really get any minutes. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I, I like to share that parallel of man, that's our identity in Christ. Like, He won all the trophies, He won all the games, He won all the victories, but you get the trophies too. That, how yeah. cool is that? That is so cool. <laughs> that is so cool. You and John Lynch, John Lynch was a baseball pitcher, I think. Yeah, yeah. 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 So this yeah, led. John, John Lynch is awesome, man. Yeah, I love it, that dude. And he, and he, I did an interview with him a few months ago. Gosh, what a great interview that was! Yeah, he's just one of those guys. You ask a question and he's gone, and he just yeah. makes it fun and makes it funny. It was it was really <laughs> a fun interview, kind of like this one. You're doing a great job. Yeah. Um. Thanks, so, bro. got you got into coaching, and mm-hmm. how was this all uh, before Christ? All of the the coaching and all that stuff. Um, man, I, yeah, I, I was, I was, uh, you know, like I, kind of my story in a nutshell is I, I received the life of Christ at age seven. Oh, um, I immediately got indoctrinated in legalism, um, had absolutely no idea about identity in Christ, that Christ lived in me. It was all behavior modification, you know, compliance, Mm -hmm. the law, all of that. So really that actually pushed me. Um, completely away from any kind of uh, anything to do with with, uh, Jesus, the church, any of that. So I completely walked away from all of that. He walked with me now. He was rolling with me. I just didn't know he was there. And uh, so, yeah, I I got into uh, basketball coaching um, in high school uh, level. Um, I, I, like I said, I've, I've, started or bought into seven different businesses. So I'm kind of a serial entrepreneur. I love doing that kind of stuff. Um, I, I'm very passionate about starting things up and, and I've started to do that kind of on a ministry level, um, helping out people as well with that. But 
Um, I loved coaching basketball. I love athletics. I love the message that you can share with those athletes, build those relationships. And now I just do it with um, people of all ages that don't necessarily have to be sitting there um, and listening to me to get minutes to play on the team. Right. <laughs> but um, I think that's even more uh, challenging, you know, because they're not doing it because they want something. It's, uh, you know, being able to share, you know, his life and his love with other people, man, um, you, you'd be surprised what a captive audience uh, you could have on a daily basis in anywhere you're at, whether you're a stay at home mom, you're a, a, a 85 year old person at a retirement home and you just start talking about how much Jesus loves people. And they're, they're, they're pretty dang open to that. I'll be honest with you. So many people just focus on theology and they skip love. I, I just go with love and I just kind of stay there. <laughs> I think that's a good rule. Good rule. Not that it's a rule, but it's a good practice. How's that? Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned you had a daughter or son? Nope, I've got a son. A yeah, son? I've got a son. He's three years old. Uh-huh. Uh, his name's Gavin. Uh, he is awesome. He is uh, so uh, developed in his vocabulary. It's almost scary. Um, he talks uh, all the time, and he knows lots and lots of words. So if I put him <laughs> on the phone right now, you'd think he was maybe six or seven, but when you see him fall down on the ground screaming, doing a fit, then it would all make sense. That makes sense. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I do. yeah. I do. And I've got an awesome wife. Her name is Shay. Um, we've been married about two, oh, four and a half years. And, uh, she's from the DFW area here. And, uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying life right now, man. I've got an awesome family. Um, my parents just moved to the DFW area. Oh, so nice. yeah. It's all kind of, clicking together right now man in my life and I'm, I'm having a having a great run right now so how did you meet your wife i actually met her online man believe it or not she really? lived at the time yeah she lived at the time about 15 minutes away from me um we connected we went and met at a restaurant had some dinner um i kind of i think i probably told her like on our first date i'm pretty sure that like i'm gonna marry you um, she probably thought I was some kind of like creepo, you know what I mean? But I like, you know, I kind of, I had been through the dating scene for, I don't know, seven, eight years. Uh-huh. Um, and, and I was just, I was, I was tired of that. And so I was turning down a lot of dates at that time. You know, I, I don't know if you dated online at all, man, but no, it's like, you know, yeah. But yeah, the dates online are kind of a dime a dozen. So you got to kind of filter through them to make sure you're finding the quality and just read about this girl. I was like, okay, she's got her life together. She wants to make a positive impact on people's life. And then I met her, talked to her. I was like, Oh, this is it right here. Uh, so you knew right away. Well, did you, did she know right away or did you have to win her over? Oh, I'm, Oh, I'm sure she didn't No, Goodness. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, I'm a, I'm a different flavor to, to, to digest, you know what I mean? Like, um, <laughs> I, I think I, like I said, you know, I'm very understanding of, of audience that I resonate with and, and it's not necessarily going to be the, uh, institutional church crowd that I love, love everybody who is, is a believer, not a believer in church, whatever. I'm just not real, um, pastory sounding. Um, right. I, I, I'm more of a, a I, I deliver the message in a different kind of way that resonates with a different type of person. Yes. And, uh, I, I just love doing that. And man, my wife, I think 
I, I, I considered myself when I was a basketball coach to be a good recruiter. And that's why I could always get jobs with head coaches. Cause they're like, Oh, he's going to bring kids in. So that's kind of what I did with my wife, man. I just kind of, you know, I, I, like I recruited her. I, I reeled her in. Yeah, man. I reeled her in. Yeah. See, and, so. and you got to appreciate that because you yeah. knew what you want, so you went and got it. That's right. Yeah. I mean, when you see something good, man, you got to you got to go. You got to put in a little time and investment and in the in the get it. Yeah, yeah, and get it. Well, we got about three minutes left. Yeah. And what do you want to leave my listeners with? What message do you want to leave these guys with? Well, I'd love to share with everybody in a very uh, direct way that if you don't know who you are and you don't know who you are, you're going to live your entire life completely rudderless, like a a boat out in a storm that just goes everywhere. Because um, I did for 25 years and not understanding who I was almost killed me multiple times in different ways. And I just want to let anybody know out there that, man, you're loved. You are 100%, 100% able to have a new past if you choose to believe in Jesus. Amen. I mean, as believers, man, what is our identity? We are, we're saints that sometimes sin, right? Yes. But we are trophy. We're trophies up on the wall of his grace, man. Wow. And uh, not only... Are you just here on earth, but man, you're a citizen of heaven, all this politics, all this stuff, man, just stay informed and don't let it affect your life. You're seated with Christ in heavenly realms. That's just so different than thinking of yourself as, you know, Joe down the street. You know, I mean, you are royalty as a believer because why are you royalty? You, the, the king of the universe created you and you're in his family. You're, you're royalty. You are connected with him spiritually forever. So when, when we begin to understand this stuff and, and I began to understand it and I want other people out there to begin to be able to understand who they are and what's been done to them and how different their life can look if they just choose to maybe rethink some things, whether you've learned some things in your church that maybe aren't setting you free, man, that's probably not the truth. And if maybe you're hearing something out there in the world, maybe you're hearing some relativism, you're hearing this, you're hearing that and all that stuff is it's from somebody else. And it's not from Jesus. It's really designed to be a distraction away from the simplicity of the gospel, how much you're loved who you are, how you can be uh, in relationship with him. No matter if you've been divorced, you, you've been to drug rehab 42 times, you've been to prison, you are a pastor and you cheated on your wife 20 times and nobody knows about it and you've been keeping it a secret. He loves you more than you could possibly imagine. Amen. Amen. Wow, this has been a great pleasure, J.D. Thank you for your time. Thank you guys for listening. Um, We'll be back next week. And I look forward to sharing this truth again. Thanks. And thank you, JD. Thank you, buddy.